I know I told you that we were going to be talking about idolatry for three weeks. Well, there's been something stirring in me, and this last weekend I had a friend over, and she said, Amber, you have to do a podcast on this. So we're going to be talking today about the idol of media or entertainment or information, however you want to put it, and how often we go to that as our go-to as opposed to God's Word. Hey, it's Amber L.B. Swenson, wife, mother, worrier, overthinker, type A, holding on to God and His promises to get me through the day. Thanks for joining me to explore everyday issues from a biblical perspective so we can all know and love God more. So let me just start by asking, how long can you go without looking at your phone? Vision Direct did a survey pre-pandemic, so prior to 2020, and they asked 2,000 adults how often they are on digital media. And this is the results. The average adult spent four hours and 30 minutes watching TV each day. An additional four hours and 33 minutes on their smartphone three hours on gaming devices, and five hours on laptops for a grand total of 17 hours and nine minutes on digital devices per day. That, by the way, equals 6,259 hours per year or 44 years on a device in a span of 60 years. Now here's where it really blows your mind. Post-COVID, the numbers are even higher. They think that people are spending up to 19 hours a day on a device. Now that to me seems crazy because that leaves only five hours for sleeping. And yet, this is the results of the survey. The average American looks at their screens within the first 10 minutes of getting up. Six out of 10 adults admit to arguing with their partner over how much time they spend on their screens. Three out of four parents say that they feel hypocritical when they ask their child to get off of a device because they themselves are on one at the time. Now, I'm not even going to go even further down this road because I started looking up, okay, how does this relate to drug and alcohol abuse and mental disorders and anxiety and depression? And there was just way too many statistics to really get into this. But the bottom line is this. What are we making number one in our hearts? Is it media? Is it our quest for information or our appetite for entertainment? And where does the Bible fit into all of this? So the Barna Group did a poll that was released in 2018, and they found that 14% of the U.S. population read the Bible daily. That seems a little high to me. 8% said once a week they get into the Bible. The first commandment says this, 
You shall have no other gods. You should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. So where does hearing God, as in reading the word, fit into your day? And where does prayer, us talking to God, fit into your day? I am going to give you three reasons that I think it's really, really important to get into the Bible. And mostly that I by that I mean get into the Bible and put your devices down. So reason number one, there's a meme that says, fill your mind with God's word and you have no room for Satan's lies. I am really astounded that the numbers are that high of how much time people are on their media because how much of the stuff that we see on our media devices is just junk Stuff that we shouldn't be watching. Our entertainment is filled with so much violence and secular worldviews and sexuality and talking back and blatant disregard for all of the commandments. You know, that's a Satan has a pretty good in for getting into our minds. All he has to do is show up. And we welcome him every time we turn on our TV, turn on our devices, do whatever. And I'm not saying that you aren't putting a concerted effort into, you know, watching the right things because I do the same thing. When I exercise, I have a podcast on. When I'm doing the dishes, a lot of times I have a podcast or a sermon on. I have Christian music on several hours throughout the day. So I get it. My device is going a lot of time too, even when I'm not looking at it. But the question is, what are you putting into your mind? What lies are you falling for? Things like you don't matter, or you aren't good enough, or even things, thoughts like you don't have to put up with that. Well, the Bible says that you do matter. God loves us with an everlasting love. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So you didn't screw up too much. You you are good enough. God loves you. The Bible tells us to bear with one another. Jesus said he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for money. And he said, you know, if I came to serve, you too should serve. So if we let ourselves just be inundated with all that Satan would throw at us, then we are just getting his views and his lies. And that's what's going into our minds. But when we get to the Bible, that's where we're getting God's word. That's where we're getting his take on the situation. And that's where we're going to be able to get the truth to combat Satan's lies. So we need to get into the Bible. We need to get into the word. And we need to, at the same time, be getting away from the devices. Number two to get into the Bible, into the Word. Justin Peters said, if you want to hear God speak, read your Bible. If you want to hear God speak audibly, read your Bible out loud. Uh, God's Word is God's Word. It is inspired by God. Men wrote it as they were inspired by God. So we know when we go to the Bible, we are hearing God's word. And God made sure to put so many things in to teach us, to give us direction, to show us what is right, to show us what is wrong. You know, when you read the book of Proverbs, when you read the Psalms, when you read Ecclesiastes, the Gospels, 
Paul's letters, they're all telling us, you know, how we can do God's will, the path of blessing. You know, blessed are these people, or the fool does this, but the wise man, the diligent man does this, but the slacker does this. God is trying to show us a better way. And sometimes he does that in very, very loud ways that is so personal and so intimate. It is as if God is just speaking right to you. So several months back now, I had COVID and I lost my sense of smell and taste for about two week time. And during that time, it's interesting how it changed the way that you interact with food. The whole dynamic was changed considerably because when you don't taste food, you kind of forget to eat, or at least I did. There's not really a point to eating if you can't taste what you're eating anyway. You're just going through the motions. So all of a sudden, I would realize I'm really, really hungry. I haven't eaten because I would just forget to eat. So after my COVID experience, after my taste had come back and and all that, um, I did a three-day fast. So like I said, the whole dynamic with food, where it fit in, I, I, I was able to do this fast, which probably would have seemed very inconvenient several months before getting COVID. So I did this three-day fast. And during that time, I was just talking to God about a lot of things. You know, there was a lot of political things, and there were a lot of things that the media was saying and different things. And I, I was seeing seeing and hearing conflicting views, and I didn't know what was true and what was right and what was good. And so I was you know, fasting and I was praying and I was asking God and during the same time, during the same time in the evening, my family was just doing our normal devotions and we were in the book of Daniel. Now, Daniel, you find out from chapter one, Daniel was extremely wise. I mean, he had this ability to learn and he was had an aptitude for learning. He could interpret dreams. He was just smart, quick-witted. And so um, he, he was one of the wiser people, right? And in Daniel chapter 8, God had shown him a vision of what was going to come, what was going to happen in the future. And Daniel chapter 8 concludes with Daniel saying, I was appalled by the vision. It was beyond understanding. So even though God had shown him what was going to happen in the future, Daniel didn't get it. He didn't understand. And so he was just appalled by the fact that he saw a vision that he didn't understand. And in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel prayed, and he was praying to God, and Gabriel came to him in answer to his prayer, and he said, as soon as you began to pray, an answer was given, for you are highly esteemed. And here I was fasting and praying and asking God about these, you know, national and world situations that I didn't understand. And God was speaking to me through his word saying, oh yeah, you know, Daniel didn't understand either. I showed him exactly what was going to happen and he didn't understand. And when he prayed, I heard him. And I almost started crying as I was reading this because it was so intimate. It was as if God was saying directly to me, Amber, you are worrying about things that are way above your pay grade. (laughs) Leave governing the world to me. Leave this to me. Don't worry about it. Don't try to figure it out. You're only going to make yourself sick. Keep praying because I'm hearing you. I've got it. So many times. I don't know if you do or not, 
But I get wrapped up in what's happening. I can go down the rabbit holes, right? I can listen to me, um, news stories and documentaries and podcasts about, you know, what happened, the, the tr- real truth, bef- be, you know, with the historical fact or the historical story. I love that stuff, but it usually leaves me with way more questions than answers. And I'm left thinking, well, wait, is this really true? Or is what I've always known to be true really true? And so, you know, when we go back to the word, we're hearing the truth that cuts through all of that. And for me, that truth that day was, Amber, this is way bigger than what you're going to be able to understand. Just trust me, I'm on the throne and I still hear you when you pray. So let's just keep talking and I'll get you through this. Reason number three to read the Bible. D.L. Moody said, out of a hundred men, one will read the Bible. The other 99 will read the Christian. We read the Bible because the world is watching us. All day, every day, we get to influence the world by the way we talk, the way we act, the way we listen, whether we're in traffic, at the grocery store, when we're at our job, when we're talking to our neighbors, when we're walking down the street, whatever we're doing, people are watching. And we get a chance to say, oh, yes, I know I get frustrated too, but I was reading in the Bible the other day and this is what I read. Or, yes, I was really afraid too, but then I kept reading God saying, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And so we read the Bible and we put our media away, which is what the world is telling us. We put those media devices away so that we can get the truth of God, so that we can share the truth of God with other people. We might actually get the chance to introduce others to Jesus that way. And we might get a chance to even encourage them in their walk with God and to strengthen them in their walk with God. So that's why it is so important that we are in the word so that we can influence other people. So I hope as you evaluate your life, what this has really done for me is this has really helped me to realize that I need a time of day to put things away and not let myself just go to those media devices the first second that I'm bored or when I'm tired and I don't feel like doing something else or if I'm just um, suddenly thinking about something that doesn't mean I have to go check it out right now. In fact, this friend of mine that I was talking to told me about a study that showed that every time that you stop what you're doing to check your phone, you typically lose about 15 minutes of mental work. So your mind goes from whatever you it was that you were doing, it focuses instead on the text or the Facebook notification or the email that you got and you start going down that path and it takes about 15 minutes a lot of times for your mind to get back to where it was. Now when I think about that, that is crazy and I don't want to lose 15 minutes several times a day in order to be on my phone all the time. So I think it's a good lesson to just really take a look at how much we're on our phones, how much we're on our laptops, how much we're on our our devices. See how much, how that fits into what you wanna accomplish. And make sure that you're making your list of what you wanna do so that it's not just convenient to pick up your phone throughout the day to just waste time. But be intentional about the way that you spend your time. At least that's what I'm trying to do these days.
This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things.